Thanks for joining us for the Anchored Daily. This fall, we're learning from Ezra, Nehemiah, and Haggai as we consider how God would have us remain faithful, obedient, and hopeful no matter what comes our way. Hey, Bethel Church, this is Adam Phillips uh, here today to look at Haggai chapter 1, verses 1 through 11 with you. Uh, one time I preached a wedding sermon from a passage, 2 Corinthians eleven two, where Paul says, I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy, for I promised you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Jesus Christ. And I started the wedding message by telling the couple getting married that there was another wedding taking place at the same time that was bigger and better than their wedding that actually overshadowed their wedding. And I will never forget the look of horror on the bride's face as she was trying to make sense of why I would sabotage her most important day. So once the attention had built and they were looking at me wondering what I was talking about, I divulged that I was talking about the great wedding story between Jesus and the church that Paul was talking about. The point was to remind them from day one of their marriage that the marriage story that the Lord's writing in their life was taking part in a much larger marriage story. In fact, their marriage existed to serve the larger story, not the other way around. Uh, if you're married, you know that marriage goes sideways when marriage becomes an end in itself or when we make marriage about ourselves and serving our own needs. It just wasn't made to carry that kind of weight. I mention this because I think Haggai is reminding the people of Judah of something similar, or at least a similar principle. The people had spent the better part of two decades rebuilding their own homes in the promised land. Uh, you know, Having been ripped away from their homes and carted to Babylon decades before, they were probably ecstatic to get back to their homeland and make a home for themselves. Some of them were probably old enough to remember the home they lived in before the exile. But for others, they were born in Babylon and had never experienced having a home in the promised land. And this was their opportunity. And so it's easy to understand their excitement. But Haggai comes in and Haggai won and rebukes them. Uh, the Lord rebukes them through Haggai and says, is it time for you to live in your paneled houses while the Lord's house lies in ruins? You see, the Lord's challenge through Haggai isn't that houses are bad or that they shouldn't have made houses for them themselves. The problem is that they'd forgotten about the house that matters most, and it's God's house, the place where God dwells, where he was accessible, where sacrifices were made. In the biblical idea, like picture-perfect Judah was the temple built on a hill where everyone could see it, surrounded by the homes of the people below it. This was what God with us looked like geographically. But the people of Judah had lost sight of the grander vision and grew satisfied with focusing on their own homes instead. A good thing, in this instance, a house had become an ultimate thing, which you could also call an idol. So Haggai calls them out. Hey, your paneled houses, they're great, but they're not as important as someone else's house, the Lord's house. As I was thinking about this in my own life and just our life as human beings, we are professionals at taking good things and making them ultimate things. We do it with marriage. We do it with our homes and our manicured lawns. We do it with our vehicles. We do it with our bodies. We do it with sports, our work, academics. You could just continue giving examples. These things, they can be good things. They could be wonderful things, but they're not intended to be ultimate things. These things weren't made to carry that kind of significance, which is why they never satisfy like God does. But we keep trading them like they can. We prioritize them over God and over his kingdom in hopes that they will contribute to our joy in happiness, we settle just like Judah settled for their little homes instead of living near God's grand, beautiful house. So one question as we're thinking about this is, how do you fight idolatry? How do you fight this temptation that Judah faced and we faced to make good things ultimate things? 
brute force and trying harder, if you've tried it, like it works sometimes for a little bit. It might get us moving, but it won't take us very far. Unless there's a deeper change, we'll end up going back to the same patterns over and over again. We'll keep settling for subpar because we don't have the desire for what is better. I think C.S. Lewis, Lewis put it so well. He says, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. Lewis is saying that the reason we keep making idols is because our desires are out of tune. They're weak. We, we don't have the taste buds for what's better. I think he gives us a clue here of how we can fight idolatry. It's to taste and see that the Lord is good. Nay, God is better, way better. The Lord, when we taste him, he changes our taste buds so that we aren't satisfied with anything less or anyone less. He sets that standard for joy and satisfaction that nothing else can match. He, he takes us and he, he makes us get a bigger vision of what we, what we need and what we desire. And the reality is that God can bear the weight of being our God like an idol can't. And this is what the side of the temple would keep in front of Judah's eyes if they would just build the temple. And this is what Jesus Christ keeps in front of our eyes and in our hearts when we gaze at his beauty as he comes to us clothed in the gospel. So Bethel Church, if you're struggling to prioritize Jesus and you're caught up in idols, which is likely because you are sinful and we live in a culture full of idols always just vying for our hearts, I wanna encourage you to take heart today. Jesus is better. And Jesus is always inviting you and me to come and taste and see that he is good. So let's do that. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you that you are good and better and that you are a God that can bear the weight of the joy and the satisfaction that we desire. We pray that you would help us to fight idolatry by finding our joy in you. We pray you would show us who you are and, and help us to find rest and joy in you more than idols. And Lord, help us to prioritize your house over all else. We pray this in your name for your glory. Amen. Thanks for joining us again today. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to encourage each other through God's Word. Also, make sure to drop a like and subscribe so you're always up to date on the latest Bethel podcast. Don't forget to go to Bethel.ch to check out all the amazing opportunities to connect and serve here at Bethel. Have a blessed day.